We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Your Saturday crew is here. It's Jason Perrone of Pack-A-Day Podcast. Game on Wisconsin, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. Mark, as always, we start on a rainy East Coast. Yeah, um, my, my, I saw my friend Noah, and he was building an arm. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, that, it's rained like every day this week. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> a little wet and wild out there, but then hopefully spring is on its way soon. There. I hope. It's, I mean, it's been, like, today's about 40 something. It's been like more, like during the, this past week, it was in the high 50s, but rain every day. Every day. Man, um, wet and, and wild. Like all that. Not that Florida rain where, or like we usually get where it rains for an hour and then it stops and you didn't even know it rained. No, it's been raining all day. Yeah. Miserable, cloudy, gray. I don't like it. Where's yep. the sun? Bring me sun. Yep. Wet and wild, wet and wild. Paul Brettle, Dairyland State of Wisconsin. What's going on over by Lambeau Field? Oof, nothing good, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> We're in like day, I don't know, eight or nine where the wind chill hasn't gotten above zero. Oh. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Tuesday's supposed to be 14, so that'll be real nice. <laughs> when that's the light at the end of the tunnel, you know it's time to book your winter vacation. And then Ooh. next week when we're doing this, uh, don't want to get cocky, but highs in the low 30s, so I might put shorts on. Ooh, Ooh, there you, there you go. go, yeah. There you go. Any well, snow or not? We got snow up there or not? 
Uh, we got about eight inches a week ago, but not since then. Just really, really cold temperatures. All right. Well, partly sunny and 70 here in the Phoenix area. No surprise. I don't want to rub it in, although we do drop down. It chills, cools off quite a bit, all the way down to 66 tomorrow. So if everybody could send some warm thoughts my way, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Greatly Sending appreciated. some thoughts your way. They're not warm. <laughs> exactly. No. So we got a lot, of, lot to get to today, guys. We once again, I don't know, This is a, we're on a streak right now. So on Friday, the news broke, and our, our Friday crew did a great job breaking down some draft prospect uh, stuff. But the news broke on Friday that J.J. Watt is being released by the Houston Texans. Why is this a Packers topic? Because... He is a former Wisconsin Badger, so two weeks in a row, guys, we get to talk about former or current Wisconsin Badgers and the potential of their ties or movement to the Green Bay Packers. Of course, Packers fans would love to see J.J. Watt in green and yellow and and Badgers fans as well, too. So, Paul, for the second week in a row, i got to start with you because you've got the Badger connection there. When you heard the news about Watt, were you surprised, A, that the Texans let him go? And what are your thoughts about his prospects in coming to the Green Bay Packers? No, I wasn't surprised. I guess what we didn't know was, was he going to be traded? Was he going to be released? But the Texans, Watt had one year left on his deal, 2021, and they saved $17.5 million by moving on from him. And, I mean, for their organization, it's the right move because, I mean, I don't know where their organization stands at this point. This offseason's just been a mess. Their star quarterback wants out. And so they had the opportunity to save almost $18 million, so they took advantage of that. As far as Watt coming to Green Bay, of course I would absolutely love it, both as a Badger fan and also I still think he could absolutely help this defense. I know he's he battled injuries in uh 16, 17, I believe, and a little bit in 19, if that's correct. But 2018, he had like a 16-sack season. Last season, he played all 16 games, had over 1,000 snaps. You know, he was on the field more than Zadarius. So he's still, he's not the, you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15 J.J. Watt, but he's still a very impactful player. And the Packers could use, um, you know, his help. We're going to get into it here in a little bit with salary cap, but I think everyone's under the assumption that, uh, Preston Smith has played his final snaps in Green Bay, and so bringing in another edge rusher is certainly should be on the to-do list, whether it be Watt uh, or a lower-level free agent addition or addressing that need in the draft. But he can still absolutely help this defense. And I saw a good thread from on Twitter from Pro Football Focus uh, yesterday showing that Watt is, while he was a, a primarily an edge rusher, Early in his career, in mid in the middle of his career, he's taken a lot more snaps recently inside as well. So he brings that added versatility, similarly to what we see with Zedarius. Um, I know he's 31, 32 right now. He, like I said, he's not the same as he used to be. But from a football perspective, he, I think he absolutely would help this this team. And he's come out and said that he wants to go to a contender with a supporting cast, was his words. And the Packers absolutely have that. But their biggest hurdle is financials. They're going to have to uh, shed about $30 million, roughly, just to get under the cap. That doesn't even include signing J.J. Watt. Like, that's step one, and that's a big step to take. So it's an uphill battle for him to come here. Um, I know a lot of people suggest that he might take less money to go to a contender, and that might be true. But the Packers aren't the only contender out there. There's other teams, including, you know, a lot of winners. And, of course, the Steelers have his two brothers on the team as well. I have to assume that's going to be a factor. Uh, Derek and TJ are over in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm sure that would be a really cool opportunity for him. 
But there's just a lot of factors involved. I'm not going to say that there's absolutely no chance, but like I said, it's definitely an uphill battle for the Packers to land him, uh, especially financially speaking. Yeah, and you're never going to complain about having a J.J. Watt, and honestly, it is kind of an area of need for the Packers when you think about getting some help for Kenny Clark, and if you get adequate help for Kenny Clark, that's not Tyler Lancaster or Dean Lowry. Zadarius Smith has more versatility. I don't say you know move him exclusively outside. He did a lot of good things on the inside, but yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the cap and some of that stuff to come here. I just wanted to get some quick thoughts on J.J. Watt. My my thought is uh, Packers are in Wisconsin, check. The Packers are a contender, check. So I guess we'll see. Mark, when you heard the news, what was your reaction? I wasn't surprised. Like like Paul said, I, you kind of saw it coming. Uh, it was, you know, I thought they might try to trade him. I mean, I don't, and I'm sure that, well, if it was any other team, I'd say, I'm sure they tried. But with Houston, who knows what you're doing, like Paul said. But Because, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, if you – Get something. Get a a sixth round pick. At least it's another pick. You know, it's a player you could you know draft or a young player. You know, I don't know. Um, but they didn't, and he is available. And the, the Texans do save a ton of money, which they need to get under the cap as well. Um, what's he going to want? That's my question. How how important is it for him? To play in Green Bay, you know Pittsburgh's a very good possibility. Here we go again, right? If the <laughs> Packers just would have taken T.J. Watt instead of Kevin King, then maybe <laughs> that's a good they point. would have all the they would have all oh, the oh more right? fuel to that fire. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're not wrong. <laughs> then then it wouldn't be. It would be like, oh, his brother's there and he's going home and blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, that's but, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I'd love. I mean, yes, from a football standpoint. Again, he's not like Paul. He's not the player of the year anymore, he, as he was what two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me. It's is it, and this I hate comparing things, but it's kind of like when they got Julius Peppers, right? Oh, it's very much like that. I mean, Peppers wasn't the Peppers he was at, at his peak in Carolina, but he was still a good player. Actually, he made a heck of an player. impact. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he was better than I think even the Packers thought he was going to be when they signed him. Um, because if you in between, he had that one kind of lousy year with the Bears. Peppers. Well, and Peppers. So Peppers originally, when he signed his deal, it was a three-year deal to begin with. But everybody was saying, "Well, it's two years, and then they'll move right. on because he'll he'll get older and he'll start to decline." And Julius Peppers is just an absolute freak <laughs> when you talk about being an exception there. Another thing about Peppers that I wanted to throw out there, which is another meaningless parallel that I love to come up with, but between Woodson and Peppers. Signing with the Packers was about eight years. Well, we're seven years removed from Julius Peppers, so it's about time for the Packers <laughs> to bring in another marquee name. No better time than now. No, they did already. They this it, this isn't your this isn't Ted Thompson's Packers anymore. Right. I mean, Goody did bring in Z- Zadarius and Adrian Amos. But you know, those guys when they they they've kind of Zadarius has kind of become Zadarius. When they signed Zadarius Smith, he wasn't as well. True. As well known, but he has definitely become that. Yeah, those guys have all Mark. Right. I want. I, I knew. Oh, I, Pre- I was actually. Big, big I see what you're saying. I was actually more excited about Preston Smith only because I knew more about him. 
But, and, no, I wasn't because I knew more about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and Zadarius ended up obviously being the, you know, the – the big the big get there, although Adrian Amos had a heck of a season and Billy Turner too. So in turning our, our – so before Watt can, can come to Green Bay, and Paul, you mentioned this in, in an article you wrote this week at Dairyland Express, before the Packers, and you said it too, before they can consider doing anything, they got to get under the salary cap. So, Mark, I'll kick it back to you because understanding the cap and where the number comes from, that it's not arbitrary and that the, the owners don't just come up with some number out of thin air – what is likely to be where the cap comes from, and just give a quick rundown on that again. Well, right now um, it's going to be lo- it's going to be lower than they expected because of the the money. The, I, I don't know the exact formula, but it's based off how much money the owners bring in. The, the players the, get a percentage of the owners' money. That's what was bargained for under the CBA. So that and that's the cap. The cap comes in at whatever percent of whatever billions they bring. So because 2020 didn't produce as much money because there were no fans at Lambeau Field this year or anywhere else, you know, um, the owners lost, you know, they, they didn't make it. I'm not going to say they lost money because we talked about that prior. They don't, as long as there's TV, the, the NFL is not losing money. They're just not making as much as they normally make. So right now the cap looks like it's going to be a minimum one now there's reports that uh, it could go higher if the if the league wants to borrow money from the 2022 and 2023 caps, which should go very high for two reasons. One is all the TV deals are are, are expiring, so ESPN and um, CBS and NBC and um, Fox are all they're all going to be bidding again for Sunday and Monday and Thursday and who knows. After last year, there might be Tuesday and Wednesday football in the next contract. You know, I mean, so uh, there'll be a ton of money coming in. Hopefully, the pandemic will end before next football season starts, and and Paul and his friends can 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 go to games at Lambeau again, and <laughs> even if it is eight degrees. And I'd uh, like to be one of those friends, by the way, Paul. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. You're all invited. Uh, well, you can go to Cardinal games if you want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't go anywhere. But uh, but um, I guess I can go to Charlotte. Packers play in Arizona next year. There you go. So hopefully you can go to that game, and then then the money will be bountiful. So anyway, so anyway, the, the Jason cap, will be contributing to the salary cap, right? So it's <laughs> one. Anyway, getting back to the original point, um, we don't know, and they, and the league has said they're, they're not going to know until almost right before everything starts in, in March. So. Assume it's going to be at least 180. At first, it was only going to be 175. So they've already bumped it to 180. I think it could go to 190. That wouldn't shock me if they put 10 million more into this cap and took 10 million out of you know 5 million a year out of the next two caps, maybe. So I mean, that sounds good. That's a that's a player or two to most teams. Yes. Yes. Well, one big player or two, you know, two medium players or a bunch of minimum players, you know. Right. Or one player that, or one player that you don't have to cut. Right. Well, so Paul, you started, or not started, but you wrote a, a nice article about eleven potential moves that the Packers can make, and you talked about that salary cap. So, in starting the conversation about how the Packers can start to get to where they need to be if they want to make any moves and keeping any of their players or bringing in any other players, highlight some of the points that you made there and and some some of these moves that we can discuss that the Packers can make 
in order to, you know, you mentioned Preston Smith maybe playing his last snap in Green Bay. That's been widely talked about that he could be an easy candidate to be cut. But you've also got some other moves, too, the Packers could make, and they could start getting creative with contracts, which they've also done in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I'll highlight a couple, and you guys give me your thoughts on on what you think. But before I do, I just want to go over the the terms real quick. So we all know a veteran can be cut. Um, The way that that can be beneficial for a team is if their cap hit. So the cap hit is what is on the books for the upcoming season. If that number is uh, greater than the dead cap hit. So dead cap hit is what is on the books, even if the player isn't on the team. And that's money that's already been paid to the player. That's why it still counts against the team. So if the dead cap hit, which in, or the cap hit in Preston Smith's case in 2021 is $16 million. The dead cap hit, if they move on from him, is $8 million, meaning the Packers save $8 million in cap space cap space by cutting him, which is why many expect this to be a move that they make. His play, uh, I mean, it just drastically fell off. He went from 12 sacks to four, 62 pressures to 29 this past year. Uh, He was easily the third most productive edge rusher on this team behind Z and uh, Gary. So with a cap hit of $16 million for a, a third edge rusher, that's just, I mean, even if this wasn't a, a tight salary cap year, that's a move that the Packers still might make just because that's a lot of money to, to sink into someone who's just not performing. Um, another move that can be made is in a contract extension. So this is what it sounds like. If a player has a year or two left on their deal, the team's, extended out another maybe three or four years. So uh, a good example of this would be Devontae Adams. He comes with a cap at this year just under $17 million. 2021 is the final year of this current deal. So, of course, extending him makes all the sense in the world. He's coming off an incredible season or seasons in a row. Um, so extending him, and what that'll do is it'll lower his cap hit this year. By extending out the contract, what they're going to do is they're going to take – Uh, a portion of the salary cap this year, convert it to signing bonus, which is cash. Players love cash. We all love cash. But then what the teams can do, instead of taking that cap hit in just 2021 from the signing bonus, they can sprinkle that out over the life of the contract. So if they tack four more years onto his current deal, they can now take that signing bonus and sprinkle it out over five years rather than having to absorb the current cap hit in one. So that's another way that teams can create space. In addition to Devontae, another candidate for an extension is Adrian Amos. Uh, I know the season started off slowly for him, but him and Savage, second half of the year, were the best safety duo in the NFL. I believe he's only 27 years old. He still has 2021 and 2022 left on his deal, but perhaps extending that out a few more years. Um, and over the cap has is projected a little over $4 million in cap space will be made. Lastly is a restructure. So this is kind of similar to an extension, except it doesn't add years to the deal. It, again, takes the salary cap, converts a portion of it to signing bonus, and sprinkles it out over the remaining years of the deal. So the prime candidate for this that we all know about is Aaron Rodgers. And what the Packers do with Aaron Rodgers' contract this year is going to be very telling because they can get out of it next season next offseason and save, I think, in the $15, $17 million range if they were to move on from him in 2022 and start the Jordan Love era. But if they restructure him, that dead cap hit in 2022 and 2023, it's going to grow significantly, Mm -hmm. making it more difficult to get out of that deal. So if they go through with this restructure, pushing more of that cap hit into future years, well, then the sign says he's going to be around longer than 2021 which, based on his play, he absolutely should be. The thing with this that Rodgers can put to bed is if he keeps playing at this level, not that he has to win MVP every year, but if he keeps playing at this high level, he's going to be here as long as he wants. 
and over the cap with a restructure has Packers creating about $15 million uh, in cap space, so quite a bit. The other restructure possibility would be Zadarius Smith as well. Um, he's got 2021-2022 left on his deal. Um, again, he's, uh, his, his impact this past season wasn't nearly as great as 2019, but he still had those big plays. I think he still had 12 sacks. He still had four forced fumbles. He wasn't nearly as consistent pressure-wise, but in the big moments, we often saw Z making a play. So he's a candidate for the restructure as well. All right, so I know that that was a lot. All I was just going to so, say, does anybody feel like they're back in, like, algebra class? And... <laughs> no, no, more like banking. More <laughs> right. He wasn't doing X and Y. He was thinking of his numbers. That's good. You forgot right. one major one, though, Paul, and that's David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari, yes. Thank you, Mark. He, that's another They'll primer. save. And when they signed him, they actually said they're going to do this next year. Because um, – one thing, well, let me just explain this too, and we'll we'll go back to class. Um, players get there's there's three ways of paying a player. You get a base salary, obviously. You get a signing bonus, which they like and love because that's money. As soon as you, you know, as soon as Rogers puts the S on Rogers, he gets a, a check for a bunch of millions of dollars. Um, and then there's roster bonuses. A roster bonus you get every year, assuming you make the roster. Why they call it a roster bonus? So if you're if you make the, if you don't make if you get cut, for instance, the Eagles owe Carson Wentz a ten million dollar roster bonus on March nineteenth. That's why if they trade him, then they they don't only just say they they don't have to give him ten million. They, the team that trades for him has to give him that that ten million. So that's a you have to be on the roster. You have to make the roster to get that money. So obviously, Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, and, Z- and Zadarius Smith are all going to make the Packers next year. Right, they're all going to be on the on the 2021 roster. Now, if they turn back the Ari's ro- and the roster bonus counts all on that cap. So if David Bakhtiari has a, I believe it's a something, it's a high number of a roster bonus next year, and that would all count on the 2021 uh, salary cap. If they turn that roster bonus into a signing bonus, Bakhtiari still gets the same amount of money. So what he don't care what you call it, just. Give me the check, right? Mm-hmm. But they they save eight million alone just by turning just by calling it a signing bonus next year instead of a roster bonus because it gets stretched out as you said earlier, Paul, over the life of the contract. So David still gets his money that on March nineteenth or whatever day that they decided that's the day. But it only but it gets spread over the, over the life of the contract. So every year it would count a little bit instead of one big hit in twenty twenty one. So yeah, they could and same with. Uh, with with Zadarius, they could save two and a half million just doing that. Now, if they want to turn some of his base salary, which is ten point seven five next year, they could turn that into a little bit of a, of a bonus as well and save it. And that's, and that's the thing with, and that's where Rogers' money comes in. They could save four million just with the roster slash signing bonus. Now, if they want to turn some of his salary into a bonus and spread that out, that's where they can save the. I think what you say fourteen. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, somewhere in that yeah. range. But they could well, save four by doing nothing, really. Four. Mm-hmm. They could save fourteen and a half million over with Aaron Zadarius and Bakhtiari. By doing that's really doing nothing. Just turning, just calling it a signing bonus instead of a roster bonus. That's fourteen. So that's about half the money that they need right, right there. And that's just you know, uh, and they'll probably do a little bit more there. They're going to be okay. They're going to get under. I'm not sure. If they're going to be okay enough to sign a JJ Watt, but they're going to, yeah. And then, and like you also pointed out, they extend 
And again, I have no idea what the extension is going to be for Devontae Adams. He's going to get a lot of – what's the highest paid wide receiver get now? I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, I, I, I should look that up. But I mean, I, I got to say it was close to 16, but I'll double check. Yeah, who was it? I know Amari Cooper got a big deal from Dallas. Did somebody pass him? I'm not sure. Julio Jones, what's his, his deals? No, I can't. He got his a couple years ago, right? Yeah, it was, his has been a while. So let's say let's say let's just use sixteen. So let's say the Devontae signs a five year, eighty million dollars contract, right? So they could give him like forty of that eighty in a signing bonus, and that and that, and that would count eight million a year over those five years. But then. If you give a guy $40 million, his base salary doesn't have to be a whole lot because he just got $40 million. So you give him a $2 million base in 2021. So then his cap number in 2021 is $10 million, $8 million for the signing bonus that gets spread out and his $2 million base. Well, if, Devontae gets a, if Devontae's cap number next year is $10 million, the Packers are saving $6.8 million on, on the cap because right now his cap number is 16.8. So there you go. I mean, if that's if that's a fair deal for Devontae, five years, eighty million, and the Packers structure it the way I, the way I just said, that's another six point eight million off the off the cap books. Yeah, just and, uh, I just I was just looking at spot track real quick. So average by year, DeAndre Hopkins deal actually averages out to twenty seven point two. Julio's at twenty two, Keenan Allen at twenty, Amari Cooper at twenty, and then you get down into the teens, and that's the Michael Thomas, AJ Green, Tyreek Hill. Right, right. That's this is just average per year. Yeah, that's yeah, a, which yeah. is not which is not the actual money that they're making. It's just a, a annual well, average. The, yeah, the guarantee. The, the guarantee is what counts, really. And the important thing to keep in mind with, especially with restructures and extensions, you gain flexibility in 2021, but that money has to be paid at some point. Right. So, like a prime example is if the Packers were to restructure Zadaria Smith, that creates over seven million in cap space. But as I said, that signing bonus that they might convert some of the salary to that gets sprinkled out into future years, well, he only has one future year. His, this current contract right. in 2022 mm-hmm. is, is over after that. So his current cap number right now next season is $20.75 million. So now if you're uh, taking some of that money from this year, sprinkling it to 2022, you're going to lose flexibility in future years. It's it, it's definitely a give and take. Yeah, uh, you may gain some flexibility now in these other in the down in, in future years. You're going to lose some as well. Or as some would say, but, kick, but some would say, kick the can a little can. bit down the road. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's how teams like the Eagles get. Like, I hate to just bring them up, but I know them so well. That's why they're in so much trouble this year. They kicked it and kicked it and kicked it, and now it's. You know, it's like paying a minimum on your credit card every every month, and all of a sudden, you know, it's, you're, you're going to pay. You know, um, but with that said, if I'm the Packers or if I'm any team this year, I don't mind kicking the can a little bit because I kind of know the cap's going to get better when that new TV when those new TV deals come in in 2022 and 2023. The cap's going to be well over 200 million. There's no doubt. That's the big so, thing in all of this. This is so unprecedented. When right. Rudy signed Amos Smith, Smith and Turner two years ago, he wasn't expecting the cap. You know, he, they're down. expecting it in 2021 to go up 10 million like it has right. every year the past decade, right. not, not drop by down. 20. Right. Yeah, even if it stayed the same, it would have been mm-hmm. bad but not terrible. But it was going. You know, no one, no one saw COVID nineteen crippling the NFL the way it did. Mm-hmm. Actually. You know what? I, I mean, this is way off base, but can, are you guys as amazed 
as I am that the NFL didn't miss it. Like every other sport had, you know, cancellations, shortened seasons, bubbles. The NFL said, okay, we're just going to, all right, we'll, we'll move this game to Tuesday. We'll move this game. We'll, we'll switch it. They didn't miss a beat, right, to the Super Bowl. Nothing, it, it didn't nothing. surprise me, and it's because of what we talked about a little bit before we started recording, and it's the TV money. They just had so much to keep intact, and I'm not sure what all the details of that deal are, but that, to me, made it very obvious the NFL was going to do everything they could yep. to play every game. Paul, I don't know what your thoughts were. Yeah, no, I mean, I the NFL, as we've seen, they'll do whatever they have to put the product on the field, yeah. but it they had to move some games, and it got kind of dicey there in the middle of the season with Tuesday and Wednesday night. But <laughs> yeah. they got than, it done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other than that few week stretch, it was pretty pretty smooth for the most part. That's where well, the, that's it, where the Steelers got. Did, did, didn't wasn't it one of their their makeup games against Washington where they lost that first one, and then everything just went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, played they it. also made, they also made the Broncos play without a quarterback once one week. Yeah, yeah. that was rough. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna ask you guys a couple quick questions here. Um, so we all agree, are the Packers going to move on from Preston Smith? I think so. I do. Here's what here, – like, the, the, the story I wrote, and if you're, it's funny, as you're reading – as you're saying what you said, Paul, I'm, it's like right out – I'm like, wow, that's exactly what I said. But, <laughs> so I, I broke it down to re- restructures, which was Rogers, Smith, and Bakhtiari, extensions, as you – Adams and Amos. And then I called it release – Trade or pay cut? Do you go to Preston and say, "Listen, here's your here, here's your options, Preston." We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take a pay cut, and we'll keep you as as a third. We'll, we'll pay you what a third player, what a third guy gets, you know, as opposed to a starter. And if he says no, then you say okay, then we'll let you go, and you can sign with somebody else and see if you know if you can get that money. I mean, I don't. I, if they get rid of Preston Smith, and I'm not saying they should because eight million dollars is eight million dollars to save, and and Gary has moved ahead of him, right? It's going to be Zadarius and Gary. But then they better have a third guy, John John Garvin or Randy Ramsey or somebody better be able to be that third guy. I think it's definitely an underrated position this offseason mm-hmm. as far as addressing in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you ain't a rookie. You don't know what you're getting with a rookie. No, that's very true. And, they, I and you know, I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't get rid of Preston Smith as easy as everybody else is getting rid of him. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, 
you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I was going to say, to answer your question, in a perfect world, I'd, I'd still love to have Preston Smith on this rops, roster. Absolutely. I mean, even if he's your third edge rusher, right. I mean, that's, that's a really that's a good, good place to be. Exactly. Well, that's what he's going to be. I mean, he is your. Th- I mean, Gary has to. Be, you can't let Gary be third again. Gary's got to be second now, right? And I, I, I absolutely. And to your question, what should the Packers ask him to take a pay cut? I think it all depends on what other moves are there. You know, and what are what are the cap savings? What other moves do they make to get under? You know, if they're really you know hamstrung and can't you know need the eight million then it's the move you have to make but if there's other moves or they feel that they can get by you know if his cap hit you know if they say four million by asking him to take a pay cut then i think that should certainly be in play because like i said if he's your third head rusher that's a great spot to be in and the third and the third head rusher should only make i mean again i'm not it's not not my business to tell preston smith how much money he should make but a third guy doesn't get paid as much as a starter Mm -hmm. it's just the way the world is i mean you know Kyle Fackrell didn't make as much as, you know, Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and part of, well, and, and I was going to say, Paul, and I think, you know, that you had, I know you had a couple points that you, you wanted to make. Um, you were asking about Preston, and I don't know yeah. if you, if there was, there was a couple others that you wanted to make because what this all points to is, and you highlighted it in your piece, what Brian Gutekunst said when he extended David Bakhtiari back in November, which is, we're, we've got our eye on the future, and the players that might become available during the March period, he called it, which is free agency, they, they want to have some flexibility. So the Packers are looking at some players that are potentially going to be out there. So these moves and discussions that we're having here are important because the Packers still, as much as they're, they're over the cap right now, they assume and they've got a plan to fix it, and they want to, they want to get busy in free agency. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Goody mentioned that after the Bakhtiari extension back in November. Um, you can find the quote. I think it's a Jason Wilde article in the State Journal. But uh, he alluded to that. So obviously, step one's get under the salary cap. But when the Packers do, they're going to have to. It doesn't mean that they can't dabble in free agency. You know, based on you know what he was alluding to at the time, they're not going to go out and sign you know the the big name pricey guys. But they might be able to get a veteran minimum because the high-priced free agents, the top-tier free agents, they're still going to get paid this offseason. But it's that middle class who's going to be squeezed into one- or two-year deals at below their market value in a normal year. And that's what Gudikins was talking about. Players that might normally be available 
in a typical off season could be this year because, yep. like I said, they might have like to settle for a, yeah, <laughs> there you go. They might have to settle for a, a you know a one year six million dollar deal something like that, and then hit free agency in twenty twenty two and the caps back to normal. Um, so. The Packers, it's, there's a lot of talk about all the moves the Packers have to make to get under, and they absolutely have to. It's not, you know, people aren't just saying that to say that. But that also doesn't mean that free agency, they're not going to um, jump into it either. Well, a lot but, depends. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Paul. Oh, no, I was just going to say, but don't expect any, you know, flashy high price guys. <laughs> well, a lot depends also on, you know, the Packers have a, have a pretty good laundry list of their own free agents. If they mm-hmm. keep, you know, for every if they keep Aaron Jones, then they're not signing some something else. If they keep Corey Lindsley, they're not signing another. You know, but if they but if they don't sign Jones and they don't sign Lindsley and they don't sign Kevin King and they don't, you know, then there is going to be a little bit of money and roster spots available for somebody else too. You know, and so, and someone and someone like uh, Robert Tanyan, Tanyan, um he's a restricted free agent, but I imagine right. they're going to end up uh, paying him more than what they anticipated a year ago. <laughs> Well, I would I would work on a long. I just wrote about tight ends for uh, next week. Um, I would I would seriously consider sitting down. Forget the, the tender. I consider a you know four year, four or five year deal mm-hmm. with him yeah. at this point. Why not? Right. Right. No, Before absolutely. it costs you even more. If if he does the same thing next year, it's gonna. Now he's talking about getting you know crazy tight end money. So get get him now before his price goes too high. And while you've got the opportunity to ultimately match anything else that comes along. Whereas if he, once he becomes unrestricted, the Packers right. may, may not have that opportunity. So when we started the show, we talked about some, well, J.J. Watt, which then kind of moves into some free agent targets and some names. Well, we have other guys. We have other guys to get rid of and save money, right? Yeah, I was going to say, what yeah. is your guys' thoughts on Christian Kirksey? Go yes on. No? Go on. Go on. Save the $5 million. Jason, I would agree unless you know un, un, unless he's willing to yeah, and he's have to take a, a massive pay cut. That's where I'm at too, especially with the emergence of Barnes. The, the combined cap hit in 2021 for Barnes and Martins like 1.7 million, yeah. and it's a position the yeah. Packers. You know, it's not a premier position. All right, here's a tricky one, Rick Wagner. I, it's funny. I, here's what I wrote about him. This would have been a much this would have been a much easier decision if Bakhtiari hadn't torn his ACL. Yeah, absolutely, because they're going to need someone. Him, you know, you save four point two million, but you know who's your who's your other tackle now? So I, I still think I let him go, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm I'm on the fence, but I tend to lean that way as well. And my big reasoning is because it's such a deep tackle class. You don't necessarily right. obviously you don't want to go into it like all right we're taking this position at this pick that's how you get into trouble right. but it's such a deep group that there's chances are there's going to be someone available at 29 if they feel it's that big of a need and obviously you hope with a first rounder that they could you know start sure. when needed be a swing tackle in 2021 and then potentially your starting right tackle in 2022 so that they would absolutely have to go that route if they let Wagner go but I'm on the fence with that one as well what about or you Jason? there's you know there's 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 also the Dalton Jenkins might be your starting tackle in 21. 
Elton Jenkins is going to Elton Jenkins is somehow going to simultaneously play center and tackle and pull it off because he's that good. <laughs> but it's it's true. No, I I would agree. I would tend to agree. I think the Packers can they need to upgrade over Rick Wagner. He was good enough, but they need to upgrade over him. And so between the draft and obviously you don't want to on top of not reaching for a position, you also don't necessarily want to have to count on a rookie. I know they're a first rounder and they should be able to step in and play, but that's a tough position. Sometimes we've seen some really good tackles not play as well early on, but I also think there's going to be, with, with the cap being what it is, maybe some other options in free agency, and they might be able to get a veteran who's maybe a little more durable than Wagner was for around the same money or maybe a little bit less. So I would say Rick Wagner at this point right now, you probably just assume you're moving on, and, and if you have to go back to him, then something might have gone a little bit sideways, which is possible. You never know, because free agency and the draft, are get, they, can get, they can get squirrely. All right, last one. There seems to be a big four in Packers Nation. Um, I have a couple more, but go ahead. All right, Dean not, Lowry. Not, I'm not getting rid of Dean Lowry. That's a thin group. That is a thin, yes. thin defensive line group. And you only saved $3 million. Yeah, the savings the savings just isn't worth it. And Lowry actually, you know, one, one, well the second one, half of the year. Second one, half quarter, he played very well. Well, I was even going to say even less. Even one or two games a year, he, he shows up big in, and that might be worth it alone. So I just, yeah, that depth is is important. Yeah, I was on the side of cutting him for the cap space, but in recent weeks I've come around, and a big part of that is because looking at what the interior defensive line depth chart looks like going into next year, if he's not there, that is a thin group, and we'll see if they, hopefully they do, hopefully they try to address it again in the draft this year. Let me add this about Dean Lowry and see if you guys agree, because I've been noticing this for a couple years now. When Kenny Clark is Kenny Clark and dominating, like he does, when he and oh, I should say when Kenny Clark is healthy, because when Kenny Clark's healthy, he's as, he's the second best defensive lineman in the game behind Aaron Donald. I don't care what says, he's that good. So when Clark is Clark and play, Lowry's also good, because you know, and again, it's just because Clark demands the double, and then and Lowry can really do his thing. When Clark isn't playing or is banged up and not playing at his at his level. Well, Lowry's play goes down along with it. So, and I mean, I, I notice it every year. And like, and again, at the end of this year, this past season, Clark was great. Clark played out of his world the last month, and Lowry's play rose along with him because he doesn't. You know, Clark takes the attention. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's just I I would not get rid of I would keep Dean Lowry again. You're only saving three point three. If you were saving eight million like you are with Preston, I'd have to think about it. But to, but to only save three million, nah. I can make up three three million right here. Josh <laughs> Jackson, Owen Burks, Devin Funches. Mm-hmm. That's go. three point. That's three point four million. Because Jackson saves me one point three and he can't play. Owen Burks saves me nine hundred forty five thousand. He really can't play. And Devin Funches opted out last year. I'm going to opt out this year. So was Funches your next guy, Paul? Uh, no, I didn't. I did have him in the article, but my big four was Kirksey, Smith, uh, Lowry, and uh, Wagner. But okay. I agree. I, I think they're going to move on from Funches. Um, I mean, it's been – he missed almost all of 2019 as yeah. well. He only played in one game with an injury. So he's really two years removed from his last full season. Um, you know, we saw – MVS have a pretty good year overall. EQ stepped up. 
Um, I mean, mm, I, I, I'm I not sure about you. Kill. He stepped up until he didn't <laughs> in the biggest game of the season. That's true. That's uh, and, and MBS did step up in the biggest game of the season. But Mark, you've got you had some other guys. Are there any other guys that are, are well, part of your equation? Well, I, 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 that's what I said. Jackson, Burks, and Funches saved mm-hmm. me three point. Saved me what I could keep Lowry by by getting rid of Lowry. If you cut Lowry or trade Lowry, whatever you do with Lowry, you would save three point three million. If you get if you keep him but get rid of Jackson, Burks, and Funches, you save three point four million. So I'd rather keep Lowry and get rid of those three guys because Funches like wasn't even there, so you're not even you're not even getting rid of the guy that you had. Jackson didn't even dress the last what six games. Mm-hmm. Healthy scratch, and, not good. Yeah, and Burks he 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 isn't even that good on never special played, teams. never got on the field. He's a special I mean, teams warrior, and he wasn't even that good on special teams. Right, he was okay. I mean, I listen. You can't convince me to keep anybody except Mason Crosby. On special, the special teams were god awful, so <laughs> get rid of all of them except Crosby, and I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I wrote about this Friday at Dairyland Express, and let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Assuming the Packers are able to dabble in free agency, you know, get a player or two, I said that it absolutely has to be a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Reason because so if we look at their current roster, it's obviously one. Jair. Yeah. It's Josh Jackson, Stanford Samuels, Kadar Holman, and uh, Kavari Russell. And then Shannon Sullivan, you know, assuming they bring him back as a restricted free agent. He's a slot guy, though. Well, and they'll so bring – you guys like KB on Ento, they'll bring KB on Ento back, but he's, you know, he's unproven. So you yeah, can't – unproven, he hasn't played the game. <laughs> right. I just, wanted, I just wanted to make sure he was at least mentioned in the equation. But, yeah, we have no, we have no sample size on him at all. So you, can't go, you can't go yeah, into the draft, which is – a a not very deep cornerback draft, oh, at least with deeper than you think. Not, with high end talent. With the number, with a start, yeah, I think I think I like. Well, we'll, we'll get into that later. I'm, I'm sure okay. we get closer. I, there's some corners that I like a real lot in this draft that aren't being talked about. Like they're, they're everybody's talking about Sertain Sir and Farley. The kid from South Carolina is better for both of them, and I love the kid from Northwestern, and I like the kid from Central Florida. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Isn't uh, the Central Florida? I mean, is it Robinson? Isn't he yeah. primarily a slot receiver though? Yeah, yeah. He can, well, he can. Well, that's what they say. But that's what they said about Justin Jefferson too. He, oh, he's just a slot receiver you know, or he, slot corner. He, sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, he can. I mean, that's what he did. Well, Packers need need one of them too. <laughs> yeah, but the all wide's is much bigger. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. fine having to rely. But my point in all of this is, going into the draft, it's risky. Obviously, you don't know sure. who's going to be available. You don't want to reach. And then all of a sudden, if you're not addressing the position till rounds four or five, for example, oh, then you're not getting anybody. Exactly. And so my point was, and let me know if you what your thoughts are. If they are able to dabble in free agency, which I think they will to some degree, they got to bring in a veteran corner to at least yeah. provide stability. It's yes, not going to be yes, a shutdown, yes. but just someone you can rely and on I'm to out there. Oh, yeah. oh, of yes. course, at least yeah. one. <laughs> of course. So yes. let me let me just yes, ask you. Well, let me ask you guys this. So just a couple names to throw out there because I did – I'm contributing to a series. We're going to run a game on Wisconsin called If I Were Goody. And part of it was who would you target? And corner was obviously one of the top positions on my list of guys to get after. So let's just dispel this one right away because it was a big news thing that came out this past week too. The Cardinals and, and Patrick Peterson are breaking up, but he's 31 years old, and I honestly think he's marginally better than what Kevin King – was lately. I watch a lot of Cardinals football. He just has not been the P2 that we're used to seeing from eight years ago. So are either of you guys, Mark, we'll start with you, in on the Patrick Peterson train or move on and look elsewhere? 
move on, look elsewhere. I, I didn't see him that often, but I saw him against the Eagles that late, late in the season, and the Eagles just picked on him constantly. I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. They yep. just picked on him and picked on him. And I'm like, oh, my God, is that – that's? I, I was almost like – I felt bad for him because he was a great, great player. But no, I don't want Patrick. They, they, there's a reason the Cardinals are letting them go. I mean, yeah. the Cardinals think they're a contender. I mean, they were – they should have been in the playoffs last year. They, they blew it. They were better than the Bears, and they, and they blew it at the end. But for them to let them go, I mean, that, 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 this isn't like Houston letting – J.J. Waco, Houston's going nowhere for the next couple of years. They're save some money. Yeah. Now, Richard Sherman, I might be interested in. Interesting. Now, Paul, what about Patrick Peterson? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. He's not someone that I would actively pursue if the if the contract's right or they're struggling to be able to bring in someone else at, a, at the correct dollar amount and he fits that. Then I could understand because, I mean, as we just talked about, they need bodies in there, and at least he provides some some sort of stability at the position. But he's not someone that's on my radar as they should actively be you know, pursuing hard. So what about a former Philadelphia Eagle who is an interesting story, 27 years old but would be going on his fourth team, and he was with Philly, Mark, Ronald Darby? Oh, God, no. Okay. No, he can't play. So he had a couple good years in 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 Buffalo and got himself a free agent yeah, deal. Went back when Buffalo was. Guy. No, you don't, Packers don't sign guys like like him. No, you don't want him. He's as he no 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 no. I don't, I don't want to get into it, but no, you don't want Ronald Darby. So one of the one of the reasons that I highlighted him was just because of his uh, his age. But again, when you're on your fourth team by the age of 27, there's something's 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 up there. And then another guy that we just saw playing a Super Bowl, former Packer for a short period of time, was Bashad Breeland. But after his performance in the Super Bowl, I'm a lot I'm a lot less excited about the prospect of potentially bringing Breeland back. No, I don't want him either. I don't. I'd, I'd consider Breland. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I don't know a ton about uh, Ronald Darby, so I'll just <laughs> rely on Mark's word on that. Yeah, I, I know. Too, I know too much about Ronald Darby. <laughs> not a direction that we want to go. So, as far as any other free agent corner prospects, did you guys get into Paul? Did you Richard get into Sherman. any of that? Or, well, you. you, you give, me the, give me Richard Sherman. You mentioned. You mentioned Sherman, and and the, so yeah. the thing. The thing there is, is have we seen Sherman play? At a was at a productive level, and he has had some injuries. But has well, again, he's older. He's not the, just like JJ Watt. He's not the Richard Sherman that took away half the field. But he doesn't have to be that guy anymore because you have Alexander. He again, I, again, I'm not giving him. I'm not breaking the bank for him. But he knows how to play the game. He's he's still a competitor. One year deals, you know, for whatever, or just to get by for a year until a rookie's ready. I'd take my chances with him over all the other guys that you mentioned. He would add some real nice juice to the defense, Paul. Yeah, I like the idea of it as well. I'm not going to hold my breath for it, but I think no. he still can play. Uh, he's still definitely good enough. And like Mark said, he doesn't need to be CB1. We already have that, but he just needs to be, if he could be CB2. And uh, over at Spot Track, so take it as, as you will, it's a projection, but they have for market value one year just over $7 million as their projection for what he'll net in free agency. That's very doable. That's what we were thinking about, absolutely. That's very doable for me. What What about wide receiver? Do you see the Packers going going the free agent route at wide, wide receiver given what they've already got and, and again, the no. draft and... I, I I don't I I, don't. I mean I said it last year I thought they'd draft a receiver they have ten picks this year with compensatory 
I, I really do think they're going to select one this year. And having Devontae, Lazard, MVS as your as your three, I think they'll be comfortable if they add a, you know, a day two. I mean, maybe day one, day two pick in there. Because fans yeah, are gonna, that's what I think. yeah, and fans. I think those, I, I'm sorry. Well, go ahead, Mark. No, I think they need to draft a receiver. You know, third, fourth round. Who's also whose main job is a return guy. Mm-hmm. And they need a return. Right, they don't have a return guy on the roster right now. Yeah, and I don't. So, I don't know if I want to keep dipping into the Tyler Irvin. No, he's. I love him, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing fans are going to get excited about is some of the receiver free agents, and I'm not saying the Packers should go after any of these guys necessarily, but in this free agent class, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, T.Y. Hilton, Will Fuller, Chris Godwin, who just played against the Packers for Tampa, and Nelson Aguilar, just to name a couple of uh, receivers that are pending free agents who are going to be able to negotiate with anybody. They're all going to take some pretty big money, yeah, but there's... I just don't have it. Right. Right. Wide receiver, in my opinion, and we're not, we're not doing needs right now, but I don't think it's not even the biggest need on offense. Never mind the biggest need on. I, I have it like as their fourth or fifth biggest need. Yeah, an offense. An offense. Tackle, tackle is the running back. Running backs up there too. If, if they don't Jones and running, Williams yes. are gone, yeah, the only yep. can't be by himself back there. No. Right. I did think it was interesting in your article, Mark, because I had forgotten about Patrick Taylor, but he was yeah. someone that I really liked last year because of, like the scout noted, he does what Packer running backs do, catch, run, and block. So block. That, mm-hmm. Yep, someone to keep our eyes on. Yeah, they like him. I mean, they wouldn't have kept him around all year injured like that if they didn't like him a little bit. Now, again, hopefully there's a, a real training camp and some preseason right. for a guy like that to get his feet wet and to see what he can do and, you know. Last year was a mess. I mean, well, he was hurt anyway, but, you know, young guy, that's that's who got hurt this past 2020 football season was the Jordan Loves of the world, you know, guys that needed preseason. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need preseason. Devontae Adams doesn't need preseason. But, you know, Reggie um, Begleton needed a preseason. They don't count him out in, the, in that wide receiver mix either. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he spent a year on the practice squad. He's a guy we, we talked a lot about, you know, before everything hit and there was no preseason. He, I mean, like, again, like, I think you said, Paul, but you have Adams, MVS, who I think is going to be, a, I think, I'd say he's going to break out next year, but he may have already broken out this year. So um, I think he'll, he'll be a fine number two. Lazard is number three. So really the Packers are looking for a number, for a number four wide receiver. Basically, right. right. Receiver is going to dominate the the headlines for the Packers like it does, but it's hard to pound the table for a position when your quarterback was. And granted, it's Aaron Rodgers, but your quarterback's MVP and you have the number one offense in the NFL. <laughs> and you ha- and you also have Tanyan who's become a fan right. Of too. And you got the the Guara coming back. There's only mm-hmm. one ball. They need. A, <laughs> I think they need a fourth receiver who will also be their main re- re- return man. I haven't looked at the draft close enough yet at that position to see, but I'm sure there's someone. Right, there's always return guys coming out. What are your What are your thoughts if they went after like a true slot receiver? They haven't had one since Randall Cobb. Randall I know Cobb. they have obviously a versatile group who can line up there, but that that intrigues me just to switch it up from the typical well, big yeah. bodies that they like, just to bring yeah. a different element to the offense. Yeah, give me well, well give me a, the next Randall Cobb because when Randall Cobb came in, he was what, his rookie year, he was return guy, mm-hmm. brought yep. a kickoff back for a touchdown his first game. That's true. <laughs> so give me young Randall Cobb. I, I would love that. 
Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, what other? So we we talked about. I mean, are there? What about tackles? I mean, is that a position that's, that you're that you're thinking that's, that's, draft, or are there any tackle any tackle targets for you guys? I want to draft one because, as Paul said earlier, this is a pretty good tackle draft. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only real position, and I haven't deep dived into the players by any means, but the only real position, and I already mentioned as cornerback, where I'm like, you got to go after that in free agency if you and can. Draft. And draft. Both. Yeah. Well, both. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I agree. Because then, if, if you do that, room needs a revamping. If if they have one, they have one. They really only have one. And if you <laughs> think about one. all the draft capital they've spent over the years, a first and a second on Randall and Rollins, a second on King, a second on Jackson. Yeah. I mean, they've the they've last handful of years, and maybe I miss miss someone, but they've definitely sunk yeah. some yeah. high draft capital into that position. No, it, and it hasn't worked out. I mean, other than other than Alexander, who's really good. Yeah. <laughs> But you gotta, but you, yeah, but you, you know, we we saw what happens when you've got one real elite corner who has a a great game in a big game, but the other guy is so much more marginal and wasn't the 2019 version of Kevin King. We saw what happened in the biggest game of the season. What I was going to say too, Paul, like if if they sign a veteran corner to play outside to play opposite Alexander, then you can draft a, a Robinson. Yeah, absolutely. Who and, and you know, because let's be honest, a nickel corner is just is is a starter. Mm-hmm. You're a nickel. I mean, the way the NFL is now, teams are always going three wide, so you're always in the, a nickel defense. So your your nickel corner probably takes not probably he does play more snaps than your second inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. It's just just the way to, just the way the game is now. So that's that's your nickel is just as important sometimes as. Anything yeah, else? That's a good point. So yeah, I, I want to. I'd like to see them sign a, an affordable veteran and still draft one in either the first or second round. I think they have to go in whatever order: corner, tackle, and mm-hmm. first. And then, unless there's a again, unless somebody falls that you didn't expect and you just can't pass them up because they. I think they need. A, I mean, I wouldn't mind another linebacker either. I was gonna. I was gonna ask that as well because in the. Uh, Tom Silverstein of Packers News, he had an article where he was highlighting Joe Barry and the the plan with Barry is to bring in a, a Vic Fangio like uh, defensive right. system. Quite and one of the note and one of the notes in there was that the Packers are missing what and what makes that system so successful is that impactful playmaking linebacker. So do you think that this will that'll change their philosophy a little bit in the draft where maybe they do take one earlier than what they normally would to try to bolster that? Well, the interesting thing was when Gutekunz made his comment about free agency. And I know that's a hard question. Well, it is, but and, and the, the comment that he made about getting busy in free agency was back in November, but before I think they knew whether or not they were going to have Mike Pettin back. So I don't know that Gut was necessarily already thinking linebacker, but my hope is is that if you hire a defensive coordinator and he's going to run a certain system, you better stack him with the positions that he needs to do it. No, that's absolutely correct. And linebackers have been a popular pick in mock drafts. I know mock drafts, but um, in the first round, uh, Zayvon Collins from Tulsa and uh, Nick Bolton from Missouri have been two popular selections for Green Bay. But it's just hard for me to wrap my head right, around yeah. that. I'm not taking a linebacker in the first. Right. That's what's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's not a premier position, and we've seen the Packers just don't you know, value spending high draft picks on it. I mean – Chris Barnes is undrafted, and Kamal Martin's a fifth rounder. <laughs> well, they, to me, Barnes and Martin are fine. I think that's two good young players, two very good finds by the front office and the, and the scouting department. What they need is that hot, they they need that a better Raven Green, a bigger, better, healthier, stay on the field more than Raven Green. That, that's in my opinion. That, that's what they need. Them that 
that cover linebacker guy, the guy that can run around. Because Martin, you know, Martin is the down. He goes downhill. He's he's going to stop the run. He's going to do stuff like that. But I don't want him covering a running back. And Barnes maybe can. I don't know. I, Barnes just came out of nowhere and had to. Um, I mean, every time I watched him, I was like, man, what? How did this guy not get drafted? Like, how could all these? How could he get passed on for seven rounds? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it'll be a. I just think with the the biggest corner and tackle are such big needs for this team. And they've got to be one too. I hope. You would hope. I hope I, you would. You I would hope. I mean, year. I wanted a corner to tackle last year. And didn't yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, they gave you Rick. They gave you Rick Wagner. That was no, the. No, I meant in the draft. I mean, I wanted a. When the draft came, I said, I want a. I know. In the first, I know. I didn't care what they did, but I wanted a corner to tackle. I'm still waiting for either one. <laughs> they took running backs, and they took three guards, and they took a, a safety, and they took a line. They, they, they did everything but corner and tackle. I did write on this recently, and so in the draft, assuming the Packers are going to look at tackle, Goody does have a pretty good track record with the offensive yes. line. Elton Jenkins, uh, Turner, Wagner, they're not stars, but they're incredibly versatile and were key players. Uh, it's early, but John Runyon. Has shown promise. Um, Stepanek you know, could be okay too. Yep, he fell absolutely. because he was hurt. I mean, everybody knew he was hurt. And that's why he fell. If he doesn't get hurt his senior year, mm-hmm. he's probably a, at least a fourth round pick. I think. Mm-hmm. So it's Only a small it's a small sample size, just because this is only his third off season as GM. But he's definitely had success both. Uh, in the draft and free agency, addressing the old line. So there's some there's some good news and some some hope for everyone out in Packer Nation. Yeah, this was a healthy healthy discussion to get things started, and we'll have a couple more weeks before free agency starts and the draft process really kicks into high gear to talk through some of these other things. But good work by both of you guys with your pieces and talking about some of the the ways the Packers need to create some money and where they might spend some of that money either on their own players or on other guys. So what do we have coming up this uh, with great content this week? So now you got to follow it up, Mark. What do we got coming up this week at Packer well, Report? Well, my series on um, scouting the Packers um, continues. The running backs are up now. Um, I, I, again, just to, if you didn't listen last week, I, I talked to a longtime um, scout for another team, but he knows the Packers pretty well. And um, the story is funny. The story that's up now, running back, he he didn't pull any punches with some things. Like he said about Aaron Jones, he said they're they're, they're probably going to lose him, and that's going to be a mistake for him. He thinks Jones is going to be foolish to leave the Packers because he thinks he, he's in a perfect spot there. Mm-hmm. But he, he does think they're going to keep Jamal Williams. So I guess I would at this point I'd probably sign up for that. Um, and then um, coming up, so coming up this what you can look forward to. Uh, I have a story on the, the, the wide receivers and tight ends will be going this week. All right, excellent. And then Paul over at Dairyland Express and she said? Um, I wrote about the the Packers' backfield in 2021, how it's just there's so much uncertainty, which just kind of shows the value of the running back position. Obviously, it's important to Matt LaFleur's offense, but they've gone from 2020 having one of, if not the best, backfield trio in the NFL to – now it might look nothing like that anymore. And then on Mondays, every Monday, we got Mock Draft Monday. It's a lot of fun to put those together. I uh, go through and just find as many mocks as I can, uh, share who the the draft analysts have the Packers selecting, and then give my thoughts on the selection. 
Always a good time. Always a good time in speculation land. Well, until next Saturday, we will enjoy hopefully a, a good week here. Hope everybody is staying warm. Paul, congrats on the temperature going up a little bit there in Wisconsin. Yeah, thank you, guys. Mark, I hope, uh, Mark, I hope the art keeps all the water out, out on the east, out on the east coast. And I'll send everybody else some sunshine in the meantime. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe and go Petco. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.